0: back to another episode of AWE, Art Without Ego, the podcast, and this is where we check the ego at the door and allow art to consume us in the best ways for the best reasons, and I have another guest this week, and she has a few different names, but (laughs) I will let her share those with you. What is your name, dear?
1: I am Tiela Grimes, the inner uplifter. Hmm.
0: Nice, nice. Now, how'd you get that name?
1: Hmm. Um, i say spirit, honestly. I think I've had multiple names, whether Miss Intensity, Spoken Intellect, and they're all me. But the inner uplifter comes really from my divine purpose and the ability of what I feel my divine purpose is, and it's to provide inner upliftment.
0: Now, when you say inner upliftment, uh, for those who may not be Mm. following you, what would you describe that as?
1: Yes, so I describe it as starting from within, being empowered from within as opposed to external. So there's a lot of external things that drive um, the way people see themselves from the inside out as opposed to defining you from the inside out. And so we have influences, but it's getting very clear on who you are, what inspires you so you can operate in your own lane as opposed to somebody else's constructed lane.
0: Nice. Wow. That, that sounds very beautiful. Um, I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, I've, I've seen... Um, you have an Instagram, right?
1: I do. Uh,
0: what's your Instagram?
1: At Tella <laughs> Grimes. Okay. Nice. Nice.
0: Um... Now what did you think When I first asked you If you want to do this podcast
1: <laughs> very Twofold It was like Oh we're Of course That's my homie I'm going to do the podcast Why not <laughs> And then there's the other piece Like do you know What the content is What you're being asked for um, And so there was A piece of me Of looking at some of the questions Or thinking about And I was like Oh I don't know If I'm like the right one For this um, But then just Defining again, inner uplifter coming from in. It's like, no, I have art. I know art in a different way. Everybody knows art. Their relationship with art is in a different way. Art comes in many forms, not just visual, but through word, um, through music, through just different people's ability to find a connection to something, an instrument, whether it's a guitar, whether it's a pencil, whether it's your voice. So, just a connection to some instrument to allow you to. I don't know, create art, but not you just like using the word without using the word, but Mm -hmm. to create um, beauty in a different way Mm -hmm. um, that plays off all of our senses as opposed to just maybe one particular sense.
0: And I think that's a perfect example of why this podcast exists, Uh, because I appreciate art and I appreciate others who also appreciate art in its many forms, because. When us as human beings are long gone, the art will still be here. And that's what this is about. Absolutely. So, Tiela. uh, You said you like art. Mm -hmm. Now, I can tell just from... I mean, I I know you personally even before this started. But (laughs) for people who don't know you, I think people who are listening right now... Already have a sense of just how deep of a person you are. Mm. So let's just dive into it because that's what we do here. All right. How would you define art itself?
1: Mm. I think art is a spiritual communication that sometimes others don't understand, but it's okay because mm-hmm. it's going to be understood by the spirit that will understand it when they come across it. Mm -hmm. Um, I describe art as a way to heal, art as a way to kinda put your own puzzle pieces together to different themes of life, um, making, oh, hello, B, hello. Just wanted to say hi. Sorry, I had a moment there. Me and Bugs, I got to work on that. I'm trying to... (laughs) The art is the bee that flew on me and I jumped and moved in a way that was like, (laughs) all right, watch your energy in this moment. Art is energy, come to think of it. Um, You know, there's different types of ways that people communicate their emotions, their feelings, their thoughts, their experiences. And I think art is a way to capture different stories and different voices through different perspectives. I know that sounds, there's no one, there's no, for me there's no one, art is this, because then it creates limitations, mm-hmm. and then it creates what I would feel like, you know, even in the world, competition on whose art is better, or this art is a better form of art than this, and it's like, not really your art can't do what the other form of art can do. So it's like, if you draw, you can't say that drawing or, you know, I mean, there's paintings, there's illustrations, (laughs) there's collaging. I know some people look at collaging as like the, oh, that's not really art. Um, I think it's art in the way that when you are being able to take images and words and paint and kind of collaborate in a mixed media form on one canvas, you are creating, taking all these different elements and forms and defining your own story using those different pieces. Mm -hmm. So that's how I feel. I like, I don't have... (laughs) I was like laughing. I was like, yo, you're talking to a Gemini. Like, you're talking to a Gemini who could see... (laughs) multi-faceted ways of what this could look like. But I think art is expression, art is healing, art is energy, art is the ability to tell stories in different forms, um, and it's a gift.
0: Mm-hmm. I hear that. Um, yeah, that's, I really appreciate that. Um, okay, so now that we got your definition out of the way, <laughs> let's, let's, let's get even deeper here into <laughs> Tiella. If you had to describe, or just name off, if you can, some of your personal favorite artists, doesn't matter what genre, what category, who are Mm -hmm. some of the names or uh, productions of art that come to your mind when you think of your favorites?
1: I'm going to pull one of the most selfful, selfish cards right now. Um, my uncle, Thomas Grimes, mm. um, uncle passed away in 2003 and it's very interesting how I've come to learn why he, why he's wrote poetry, why he's written plays, um, to tell a story. And so he's definitely on my top list On the other side of that question, what I think about is a journey of mine that I went through in grad school, which allowed me a space to kind of look at other black women in history um, who have utilized their art, whether it's your singing like Nina Simone and your voice and being able to convey pain and sorrow in a way that's also like healing and making you do some reflection and go within. Um, of course, um, Maya Angelou. Um, I remember reading The Cage Bird Sing in high school and not really understanding it per se because you know, you're in school, you gotta read these books and blah, blah, blah. So I had a whole different, oh, we gotta read this book. Um, but when I look back at what I've read and where I'm at, actually, this is one of the books I would love to reread now. Um, I understand the purpose of why that book was written. I understand, I could only understand how much courage it took to be in a position to write that book um, and talk about what it means to be a caged bird who sings. um, And still finding the ability to sing while being caged. And I think about where we're at in our time now, I'm like, woof! Shout out to all the artists who are going to be of this wave of generation to tell these stories in a very different and unique way. Um, Think of Gwendolyn Brooks. I think of June Jordan. I think of Lucille Clifton. I have a lot of women that come up for me because I'm in a space in my life now where doing my inner work. Mm -hmm. And so as a poet, as a spoken word artist, Um, I've had my own blocks and roadblocks and so these artists women looking towards more women who have navigated the hand-me-downs of reality such as I and kind of figure out how to embrace that courage or that freedom to be like no I have to write this Like if I don't write this this would be the ultimate death for me in some way to my voice. So those women. Um I love me some Jill Scott. Mm. I love me some Erica Badu. Um I love me some Amel LaRau. Um I just, oh, I love me some Say rock, <laughs> oh man, she's a blessing. I love, um, I just came across a new artist. This, for me, it's a new artist, because <laughs> I'm i not in the space of, oh, I gotta jump on. And you know, when you're younger, you're like, you oh, I need to hear this, I need to do this, I need to listen to this, I need to be around this. Now I'm just like, come to me, because I need mm-hmm. something that fills my spirit up a little bit differently. Yes. Um, so I love Titus, also another, he's a male artist, but all the same. Um, and just transferring that energy through your art.
0: Okay, now would you say there's a common thread of why you appreciate all these different artists or are they all just their own individual impact on you?
1: You know, I think it's a combination of both. Mm -hmm. And I think depending on space and time of where I'm at in my own life, so now I have say rock and Titus that I definitely got. I'm like, I have a whole AM uplift <laughs> on Spotify. Cause I just need to like hear certain vibrations, hear certain things and get up in the morning. Um, so it's a, it's the cross. And I think right now where I'm at, I'm looking for more art or music or things that fill me and raise my vibration. Um, and hearing certain words hearing certain wordplay, how music and beats and all of that, it play, it's a little bit deeper for me now as opposed to when I was younger. Mm-hmm. So that's what I kind of look for. And looking at who I've had throughout history, like June Jordan and Maya Angelou and Nikki Giovanni, that is like ancestor work. I look at as those ancestors living and ancestor who has passed. It's like, okay, somebody did it before me. Like, Mm -hmm. and this is what it looked like for them. And I could define how it needs to look like for me. And I'm right now in this space of stepping into owning what I want my story to be and how I want to tell it and convey it as opposed to maybe expectations. Cause I don't know if you've navigated um, oh, you're an artist, you do this, you speak this, you should be telling, talking about this, you should be looking at this, how come you did write a poem about this, how come da-da-da-da, and your voice is so neat. It's like, I, I get you, I get you, and that's all important. But if I'm not moved from the core, which those artists have shown and, and defined for themselves, like, now nah, this is where I'm at and this is where I'm moving from, that gives me empowerment right now to really be like, I. Right. it's not about others, it's about spirit and kind of honing in and using your art to come from there. So those artists are reflections to that in this day and age for me.
0: Okay. Yeah, let's see. And this, ladies and gentlemen, you're hearing why I asked this person to be a part of the podcast. (laughs) 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 Um, Okay, and that's, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things, because every time we have a conversation, even, like, aside from here, we we never have to fill silence, it seems like. So I, I knew that doing this podcast was just going to be easy. Because <laughs> uh, we both like to talk, and we both like to talk a lot about different things. <laughs> so, you know, that's a good thing. Ashe. Um. So what would you say... Well, personally, you said you're a poet.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Is that your only form of expression, or do you have multiple? <coughs>
1: Excuse me. Um... No, I, this is funny, I need to own this, but I've been an artist since I was young and I actually started, I feel like I've started with acting and being another character in that way of doing art in that form of theater. Um, And then in middle school, I won a competition um, and my work is featured in Nubian Square. Um, from something I did at 11 years old about making our community greater, um, senior year, I actually wrote a story and included a picture, um, along the Silver Slipper Cafe in Nubian Square, have this amazing mural that has like Rosa Parks, Malcolm X, uh, Martin Luther King, um, and so, honestly, I'm an artist in a way that's just not poetry. I've just never owned it because I think definitions or competition or thinking, well, you don't do this or you don't practice this so you're not that because you don't practice that. And it's like, no, actually, I'm an artist. Like I love doing collages in the way that they're healing collages. So... I like to make collages where there are messages embedded, so I'll literally go through a magazine and see certain words and they'll stick out to me, or I'll see certain images, or I like to doodle, so I might draw something up and just put all that together in a way that I like to call like a collage road map. So it's like on any day that you're feeling a certain way, you can literally go, a one word will take you, you start following sentences or different things that just take you throughout that one piece that has different messages of empowerment. So. Yeah, there's more than just, you know, writing poetry. And actually, I think the other form of collaging, coming in or finding collaging has helped me in ways where I couldn't write. And so it's actually been a very long time since I wrote a poem, like years where I've actually crafted something that's from this, can I even say it? Honestly, I'm in a place where I'm defining my being and who I want to be. And I'm looking at who I've been and the spaces and environments and the people who I've been around and really questioning myself about whether I showed up authentically or if I showed up as what I think people will need or what they will like or based off other things that people have said. So, I'm so happy I do have the collagen um, doodling of that nature just to like flow and not have any, I think, restri- I don't wanna say restrictions, limitations based on perspectives. And or I limit myself, I have limited myself based on perspectives. I'm like, oh, I shouldn't share this. People so used to seeing me smile and being happy. I don't know if they're gonna be ready for an anger poem oh, I don't wanna share this. This is talking about my father. I don't wanna share that shit. But then also realizing like, as a poet, why do I feel I have to share everything? I think I'm navigating that. Mm -hmm. And that's where other forms of um, art has helped me not to feel as pressured or feel like there's this expectation that, okay, now that I wrote it, I need to share it. Mm -hmm. So I'm navigating that. That was so not the question. No, but you... that was a journey to understanding, like not just one form of art, but here's the other form I've introduced. No, you. Well, this is a podcast. We're talking. It's cool. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: <laughs> man. <laughs> Vi- vibes are always good. I say. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. So now let's go a little deeper. Mm. Okay. <laughs> if, if that... I know, if that's possible, you know.
1: <laughs> Thank you well, for that laugh. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, what, so poet, from what you say, it sounds like poetry was your first medium mm. for art. What was your first original inspiration to write poetry?
1: My uncle, Thomas yeah. Grimes. Okay. Um, he is the one who actually, like, it's... <laughs> Because of him, because of him, I know, I have overstanding of why it was important for him to get me into writing, to get me into theater, to have me rehearse with him when he had to read lines to his poems and read lines to his plays and things like that and get into character. Um, My uncle was my inspiration, really. And I think, um, you know, I have a very, not a complicated, but a very dynamic story. I consider, I have my father, my stepfather, and I have my uncle. And my uncle, for me, is the beacon of light in my life that I consider or call my father. Um, My voice, being a poet, it's because of him. I would not be I would not be where I'm at if it wasn't cuz of my uncle. Um so no my uncle is that inspiration for me. If it wasn't for him I I don't know, that male figure is very important and so he's that important dynamic in my life that introduced me to this world of art and poetry and theater. It's freaking amazing. <laughs>
0: I agree it really is um, do you do you have anything published or do you have anything that's available for people to see or that you <laughs> want people to see?
1: I don't have anything out there i've i you know <clears throat> and as you ask that question, I think it's important to share because it could be somebody else out there just navigating some shit like I am mm-hmm. um I haven't believed in me throughout the times that I've done things. I've been a very good front. Mm. I think I've mastered theater in a way of showing up as a character. Now don't get me wrong, I think when I think about things I've performed and things I've done, I definitely f- could tap in and feel this sense of power and ability of being able to do that and feeling good about getting on and doing it. Um, and it was just a lot of blurriness for me with my own voice and not being clear on like is this what I like is this what I want to say in the moment or is this just something that needs to be said because of the times? Mm-hmm. Um, and so no, I haven't published my work. I haven't even thought about publishing my work. Uh, until the last couple of years of like, yo. But then at that, I, that put me in a place of pressure too. Like, oh, well, I need to write all these new poems, and then I need to memorize them, and then I need to. And I'm like, yo, brain. Like, I, I've, I've overthought things that has led me to not putting my work out there. Um, unfortunately. Unfortunately.
0: Oh, that. I mean, that's bound to happen at some point. Um, I can attest to having done that myself. Mm. Um, I've been personally, people who know me know this to be true. I've been working on a book uh, for years because I just haven't, I've been so undecided on how to put it out there. Mm. And like you said, overthought about certain things. And, you know, if you're not careful, that can manifest into, okay, tomorrow, but tomorrow, but tomorrow. Then the next thing you know, oh, it's several years later. What happened?
1: Yeah, all those tomorrows yeah. <laughs> all stacked up on each other like a pack of pancakes. <laughs>
0: yeah, like this podcast in particular. It was, this has been a few years in I the making just him. from the original idea. I
1: can't stand him right now. <laughs> I really can't. If you ain't speaking a language that I just, I know and I understand, my, ooh, I have a start and stop syndrome. Mm-hmm. Where I'll start something at this highest energy capacity, think myself in between all of that, and then I think myself out of the energy that I originally started. Instead of tapping into that energy and flowing mm-hmm. from there, um, and as I was sharing with you before this podcast got started, it was like the perfectionism of oh, it needs to be like this. You need to have this. You need to make sure this. You need to make sure this. You need, like by the time you make sure all these perfected factors and shit is in place. Mm-hmm for me, I'm like done. I didn't put all my energy in trying to get this shit set up. I don't want to do what I have to do right now. So now I'm just like, shit. So now I'm learning like, fuck it. You just, you spoke to me. Cause my podcast, I started and I'm like, yeah, I need to get it going again. Mm. And I'm like, oh, well people. And then I got caught up. Well, how many views? And how do you get it out here? There's only this many people. And maybe people don't like it. And I'm like, yo, fuck out of here. <laughs> now I'm like, yo, fuck it. This is what I want to talk about. Got some shit people might understand, do some inner insights, and then I'm gonna interview people, because there's other people navigating hand-me-downs of reality as well, these things mm-hmm. that you've been passed on, or things that are expected of you, or the shit that you don't know, that people didn't know, so they expect you to figure it out, and they be like, but you didn't know, don't put no pressure on me to know <laughs> this shit. Like, and we, we got our own journeys on the, on this, and how do we show up for ourselves, so oh, you hit my nerve in despair, like, uh, uh, oh, that was me. Without ego, y'all, I swear my ego just came in there and was like, hold up, wait a minute, let me explain.
0: (laughs) You know, it's funny, while you were saying that, um, I was thinking to myself, because I I do a lot of observing. Mm. Um, When I'm not talking, I'm always observing, and even if I don't catch everything that everyone thinks I should catch, (laughs) I catch plenty of things that at least make my mind go crazy, <laughs> in in good ways nope. most of the time, in bad ways sometimes. That's why we gotta <laughs> decipher and balance out. <laughs> but regardless, I've realized that people who put the content out there, um, I think it's just a natural, organic flow for people. Whatever they're doing and how they're doing it, yep. if it feels like work, you're doing it wrong. You know, it it, it may be intense, but that's when you're into it. And when you're into it, you feel the intensity, but you don't feel like it's work. Mm. You feel the intensity and Mm. the passion, and that's where it comes from. Because people who, I've seen people, whether they're poets, actors, comedians, all kinds of artists that I've met throughout my life, or just known about through celebrities. And Mm -hmm. I love watching behind the scenes stuff about movies and TV shows to see how they got into this and what inspired them to do this, because I'm always curious on where an artist's journey is. Mm. and especially for performing because you can do something privately and then share it but if you're doing something in front of other people that's in a case of vulnerability that the only thing you're not doing is stripping down naked and then some people do that
1: yeah, so, yeah. you know uh vulnerability oh the word that is my word of 2020 and it came at an interesting time like it can't the tw- th- that word came before pre-COVID. I like to say pre and post because we all in different. <laughs> yes. Pre-COVID life was a completely different way of navigating, and post-COVID makes me more aware, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. And vulnerability, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe you can understand that sound for those who. <laughs> What's the thing? It's that sound in your stomach that comes up through your stomach and goes out your chest, like. <laughs> Oh, uh, I'm working on that word, man. I'm work- I think even sitting here now doing this with you is me working on, even as I'm talking, yo, don't, okay, don't be in your head. You want to say it like this, or you don't want to say that because you don't want to make, you, yeah, you trying to do it. And I'm like, yo, yo, please shut up. <laughs> like all of that in this space of just like, I right, just say what you're feeling in the moment mm-hmm. and let it be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I'm working with that this is a former people, pers- like this is a people, a recovering people pleaser, mm. a recovering <laughs> procrastination procrastinator and perfectionist. Um, just a lot of recovery. Mm. <laughs> and when you are in the process of recovery, while doing the things that are opposite, like, okay, not speaking, has been, ah right, just shut up, keep my food, all right, but you need to be vulnerable and speak. <laughs> I'm going to hold on to the fact I'm like holding on like, I want to shut up. Yeah. No, but you want to talk through your shut up. Why do you want to shut up? Talk about why you want to shut up. At least talking about why you want to shut up. Maybe that's an opening to vulnerability mm-hmm. <laughs> in a way that, you know, again, expectations and what vulnerability looks like. I think that's something that should be defined on people's individual terms. Cause everybody comes to being, vulnerable and open at a different time not at the same oh you should be here by now because you're this age and there's this happening and that should be what it is and it's like yeah no that's not where I'm at like I'm trying to be nice to the other voices that I'm still angry towards like there's some Mm -hmm. healing here so like Mm -hmm. give me some time to be vulnerable because vulnerability I think there's some pieces that I think there's a connection to healing for me, and I'm working on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a work in progress. And long as I'm working in that progress and I'm I'm looking to challenge myself with love in the midst of me working on being vulnerable, that should be good enough in the present moment um, as opposed to in my brain, I thought like even with vulnerable, I gotta be vulnerable about everything. and Oh, you should be da 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 da, like somebody asked you a question, you should just, Share it, Lucci, Share it. What do you feel about the world? Share it is like, yeah, I'm not, you know, I got um, you know, the world is doing um that's a bullshit answer. You're not being real with yourself. The world's fucked up. Well, that's your perception. If you're vulnerable enough to share your perception, that's real. Maybe not everybody's vulnerable enough already at that place where they're confident and comfortable and being like, boom. This is what it is. Vulnerability is very delicate. Yes. Very, very delicate.
0: Just in in the definition, you know, you're you're opening up your deepest possible insecurities to whoever you're opening up to. Could be one person, could be a million. And the thing is, you talk about healing; it takes a lot. And I speak from experience. And we all have Mm. some form of healing to do on some level. Uh, whether we acknowledge it or not so I can speak from experience when you come to a place of saying setting the intention okay I want to heal from this and Mm. I'm going to heal from this that's a lot of courage one to acknowledge it Mm. and not run away from it Mm. Two, to confront it and go with what feels natural to you mm-hmm. in order to respond to that. Yep. Um, and, and sometimes we miss a few steps. You know, Sometimes you can, like, I'm a per- there's people like me who sometimes when you get eat, or uh, see, Subcon- <laughs> sub- subconscious taking over right now. Sometimes when you stress, you, you eat for comfort. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you might do this or that to make yourself feel comfortable in order to escape it. And sometimes a temporary escape is not too bad unless it becomes dependable, and that's your only way of dealing with it. Um, mm. And so it's a very courageous thing to, one, acknowledge what you're doing and make the intention to handle it the best way you know how. Mm. And not everyone has a perfect way of doing it. A lot of people They will literally tell you, I'm doing the best that I can. And if they're telling you that, that's a form of vulnerability itself because they're admitting that my best right now doesn't seem to be good enough, but I'm still giving it everything I got. And I think the more we come away with not judging people because of where they're at, that's where we allow others to flow more naturally.
1: I I just mm, resonate, resonate, resonate with what you just said to the deepest of its level. I am... You know, even in my work, like I'm just communicator, Gemini, Mercury. Went to school, math, communications. <laughs> like I didn't know this was gonna be what it was. Now that I'm aware, I'm like, okay, I own it. Like it is. This is where we're at. Mm-hmm. And I am definitely, really, really working on legitimately in this world. That no matter who I come across there is something that they know that I don't know and I would like to know. Mm. And that sets me up, for me, that could set my brain up in a different way as opposed to I might have observed something, think I know something, and approach a person based off my perception. And I'm leading with that perception in a way that gets fact, because I've seen it. As opposed to, we could sit right here, see an ant walk across the ground you might see the ant carrying something. I see the ant strolling, but both are real. Maybe there's something you see from a perspective of maybe my knee was in the way of what the ant was carrying, and I couldn't see what you saw. And but you know what I am defining is real too, because I'm seeing this ant stroll across the the sidewalk, but you see the ant carrying something across the sidewalk, right? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. and so. For me, it's all about, let's have a conversation. Like, what did you see, like where at? And he'd be like, move your knee. Oh, oh shit, that is carrying that big old little crumb of food.
0: It's <laughs> <That is> deep, <laughs> I
1: didn't even see that. And I don't, in, in think is, that's like one metaphor that's so small. But when I think about stories and our different stories, the reason why I love working with young people, and I, I'm working on wanting to work with adults. I'm working on... How can I say this with all due respect, vulnerability, all that? We have certain lens and certain expectations. So I feel like growing up, we heard about being an adult. You know, there was a lot of different sayings that I've heard, whether it was like, well, you know, I'm grown, do as I say, do not do as I say, not as I do. I'm the adult. I'm doing this. It's like a whole bunch of... Like, you're talking like you're an expert on life. Like, you, you know it all. Mm-hmm. And that bothers me because that's limited. And if you're not willing to expand your perception or p- expand your per- perspective around something, I have to make a choice mm-hmm. <laughs> in, that, in that moment, right? Um, and I think there requires a level of being vulnerable Mm -hmm. in making a choice to choose to stay away or step back from what no longer serves you or what can't serve you and no need to beat a dead horse with a stick. It's like it's done. Like, let it go. Mm -hmm. Um, And that could be, I say this to say it's hard because the judgments that I feel we're navigating is... This it's a mix of people's ability to see beyond themselves, accept something different. Um, you may not have been exposed to what another person is exposed. That's more like you are the expert of your own experience, even when... happy Sunday. I love the way you you're up here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> have a blessed day.
0: <laughs> I didn't look at
1: you. No, I <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love moments like that. Yes. See.
0: And that ladies and gentlemen is what good vibes do.
1: <laughs> I say, I say, I say. Um. Um, <laughs> <yeah. laughs> mm.
0: you know what's funny? You you know you saying all that? Um it's it's incredible. I I'm not a parent myself, but I've heard many parents say that. Well, I say those things because at that point point in moment, we don't have the time or capacity to break down for that child to understand this. And I think that speaks to a larger systemic issue with our society mm. is if, if you don't have the if you don't have the conscious time. I mean, the awareness is fine if you got it, if you got it. But if you do have the awareness, but you don't have the time to share it effectively. How are you actually raising your child if everything has to be rushed
1: 24-7? I, whoo, you speaking on something. I be hitting on my podcast on navigating the hand-me-downs of reality. Because that's what we do. Uh-oh. It's legit. That's exactly what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, making an example that you shared, where I'm at in my coaching work and what I want to do is this intergenerational dealing with intergenerational trauma, dealing with intergenerational healing because there are certain when we don't take the time, the question is what is it being filled with? Who else is it being filled with? What else are you allowing? And I have to say it. What else are you allowing to be, that voice for that younger person mm-hmm. if that younger person's your child, right? And so mm-hmm. it's like, this is my child, and I don't have the time, go to school. Okay, cool, you send them to school. My question is, do you interview all the teachers before the school years start mm-hmm. to know who the people are on the team that's gonna be putting things into your child, Mm -hmm. it's not just they're gonna go and sit in school. they're gonna be putting thoughts into your child. They're Mm -hmm. gonna be putting certain views into your child Mm -hmm. while saying we're not imposing, but when you are in an indoctrinated process of these are the things that have been picked out for you to learn and study, and you're not questioning those things, or you're not having a conversation with the people who's teaching those things. Then when you say, like when that child will come back and do certain things, and you're like, I ain't got time for that, you need to stop that. Yeah. I'ma need a level of accountability and responsibility to be taken on the power that you relinquished. Mm-hmm. Because in that space, you allow or you shared power, and you didn't question who you were sharing power with. And their form of power is different than your form of power. Um One of my favorite things to look at is like being told not to talk to strangers. Mm -hmm. So how are we told not to talk to strangers as children, but we get sent to school to be with nothing but strangers? Mm. And apparently because they're taught, I'm a teacher, I'm an educator. I want a parent to question me. I'm actually the one that be like, I wanna meet your parent. Mm-hmm. I've, I've had students and their parents, oh, my parents, okay, cool, I never met your mom. Let me come outside. Hi, how you doing? My name is Tli. I run this program. How are you today? I just wanted to get a chance to meet you and let you know this amazing soul is in good hands. Mm-hmm. So you can know who you are sending your children with. Mm-hmm. That is a concern for me because this is where it gets into the world of adults. And adults should say, well, that's an adult. Here go this title. Here go this title. They've been doing this for 20 years. You don't know nothing because they didn't whoa 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 because somebody been doing something for 20 years. We're all students. Do you see some, do you see that person seeing themselves as a student for life? Or do you see them operating in teacher mode? Mm-hmm. Because in my experience with the young people I work with, I make it clear, up front, and straight. You are the expert of your own experience. I want you to know that. I want you to know that just because I was 16. Doesn't mean I know what you're going through now at 16. You are going to teach me some things about what it means to be 16 in 2020. Because I am not an expert of being 16 in 2020. Mm-hmm. That is facts. Mm-hmm. Speak from facts. Yes. And unfortunately, bittersweetly, um, vulnerability that <laughs> circle right back. It comes back. Vulnerability. Yeah. As a parent, you have to be vulnerable to say, I don't know everything. As a teacher, you have to be vulnerable to say, I don't know everything. As an artist, you have to be vulnerable to say, I don't know every art form. I don't know every artist in my art form, right? Cuz I'm a poet, and I always thought there was supposed to be an expectation. I'm supposed to know all these poets, and I'm supposed to have studied Emily Dickinson and Edgar Allan Poe. and like. <laughs> but and then I learned like, I was introduced to one form, or introduced to poetry. Luckily, through the voice of my uncle, Mm. but going to like Harvard and these different places and taking classes, I was like, yo, am I, like, was that, I was questioning whether what my uncle was doing was right. Mm. Because of the forms that have been indoctrinated or accepted by society overall. Yes. It, I wonder how much of that limits people's ability to be vulnerable.
0: So quick, uh... Before we uh, Mm. shift gears here, because we're in a beautiful depth right now. I know. Um, We, my original uh, introduction to poetry, I was very ignorant to poetry when I first moved to Boston. Mm. Uh, I was writing poetry since I was 12, and it was off a Mother's Day uh, gift. You know, it was one of those, what can I get from my mom with my dad's money? (laughs) And, you know, so... I was like, I can be like Hallmark, why not, you know? And Mm. she liked it so much that she cried. So literally since I was 12 years old, and even now, um, after she's transitioned, um, I've written a different Mother's Day poem for my mom every since I was 12. Mm. And I'm in my 30s now, so there's a lot of poetry. It wasn't all saved, unfortunately, because that was back in floppy diskette days. (laughs) Yeah. Okay? Oh, my gosh. But my introduction to poetry... When I moved to Boston ten years ago, my experience to poetry was myself, uh, Edgar Allan Poe, Shakespeare, and music, Mm. in all genres. Mm. I had never even heard of SLAM Mm. until I moved to Boston ten years ago. Mm. And we have a visitor again. I, I don't know if he wants a drink or if he's just admiring the fluid. Does he think it's a flower?
1: I have no idea, but, you All know, right. this is the first Maybe time it's... I sat still and not feel like I wanted to freak wow. out because somebody, um, one of my good friends was like, you know, when your energy and your vibration is so peaceful, mm-hmm. you attract different animals and different things to you in the yes. nature. And so this is teaching me how to have patience. I, we need the bees. So. Absolutely. I don't want to. Jump and swing, like I'm all oh, the bees here to attack me. It's probably more scared of well, I always feel like I'm more scared of it than it is of me, but it's probably more scared of me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny. I shared that I used to have a big fear of bees because, oh, there it went. Um, no, I used to have a fear of bees myself, because um, I got stung several times. You know, there's some <laughs> I can laugh about it now, it wasn't funny then. Um, I was, there's two, there's two specific times I got stung once, well, three. I got stung on my big toe, walking barefoot in the backyard when I was down south for a little bit in Tennessee. Um, another time, I was holding a stick in the air. I'm not kidding. My head was tilted back looking at the sun. Well, I wasn't looking at the sun, but my, my, my face was aimed toward the sun. And I remember someone said, there's a bee on your neck. And in, I'm like, seven, eight. I just reacted. What? Neck came right down, squished the bee, and stung my you know neck, right in my Adam's apple, I believe. And my mom at the time was like, okay, well, we don't know if you're allergic or not, so let me know if anything happens. Because <laughs> she was allergic, so there was we didn't know if I was allergic or not. Thankfully, I wasn't. And you know, the other time, I was, dry, I was riding my bike in a neighborhood, and some kids were throwing some rocks at a beehive that was hanging off a oh, tree. Oh, that's fine.
1: Yeah, y'all have that.
0: I turned the corner, didn't know they were doing it. <gasps> oh, they ran. So who did the bees think attacked them?
1: You are yep. so not lucky. All on my
0: neck, all on the back of my neck,
1: oh, my snuck shoulders. they your throat from eight years old. <laughs> <laughs> It's him! It's him! He's the one! He necked our cousin!
0: (laughs) You said necked. (laughs) I don't think I've ever heard necked. I've heard heard murked, but not necked. (laughs) Because it it was legit? Yo! (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So, shift gears real quick. Yeah. Um, just Just out of curiosity, I ask everyone this. What is your experience with professional wrestling?
1: (laughs) I have no experience with professional wrestling like me. But I used to be a very big fan of WWF, now it's WWE. Mm -hmm. And so I used to love watching like Mark Henry, Big Show, Triple H, John Cena, Russ Eddie Guerrero, I lie, mm. I cheat, I steal, you know, I, I had to do, I, okay, that's a whole nother conversation, but I yes. used to think about that saying, like, I lie, I cheat, I steal, and what does it mean mm-hmm. in that realm, <laughs> and being Mexican, so just like, yeah, woo, yeah. okay, yeah. playing up off of stereotypes, um, Rey Mysterio, mm. um, oh my goodness, I have uh China um, Black China, no China. Sorry, cause see Now you see what happens in the day age of hip hop and shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but y'all know who I meant, Trish. Yeah. You know, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, you know, I need to because I like the Usos. I, I I think it's been only only like a two couple of years I fell off of watching, <laughs> per se, on the entertainment realm of wrestling. Mm-hmm. To only come and learn like, there's so much on the non-entertainment side that I have don't know about, mm. but I'm grateful for you making me think. My uncle used to take me to BU in BC, and they would have um, wrestling matches. <laughs> and like, so, like, no, college, like, in my, Like, professional so, like, or like, amateur? Am, I think that could have been amateur. but Like, th- where those, they were, like, they
0: had the singlets th- on? Yeah, and then yeah. they got the
1: little... I used to laugh, because I used to think those uniforms were, like... the little skinny uniform, the wrestling, like one pieces. Mm -hmm. So seeing the men in one pieces flipping on the floor was hilarious to me. And I was like, (laughs) I thought men didn't say they wear tights. You do wear tights. You just wear it in the form for wrestling. I was like, that makes sense though. Cuz you don't need all that clothing choking you up cuz it might take Mm -hmm. your t-shirt and wrap it around your throat. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's my experience with wrestling. Mm -hmm. But I'm kind of wanting to get back in there a little bit cuz there's a couple of folks that I, I really, I really miss seeing in the ring and kind of want to learn more, especially on the women's end mm-hmm. of having more women entertainers, women wrestlers who are in it, um, as well. So I have fun definitely catching some of the lady matches because mm. <laughs> see myself.
0: Do you remember? Do you remember seeing uh, Miss Jacqueline or Jackie? She was called. I time.
1: remember her name, but I don't remember seeing her.
0: Ah, uh, yeah. She well. It's the thing. Um, and I mean, you don't you don't have to get the network if you don't want to the mm-hmm. WWE Network, but they have YouTube links as well. Um, oh, I mean, if you're if you want to do history on different wrestling organizations, the network is a good place to go because okay. they have they bought the WCW and ECW nice. and AWA libraries from decades Whew. ago. So you can literally watch so many different things. From so many different years, wow! You know, uh, you know. My
1: mother grew up watching. Was it Andre the Giant? Dr- is it Andre the Giant? Yeah, yeah. That's my my mom's like, yeah, he was. I'm like, dang hey, man. <laughs> yeah, this there is was some greats.
0: There was um, I remember there was there was t- um, there was uh, two African American women wrestlers, who were very prominent, um, very good behind the scenes as far as what they could offer, um. But you know, there's there's multitudes of things to say of why they didn't achieve the success the success mm-hmm. that some others did.
1: Interesting. Yeah, that's um, what I like.
0: But uh, Jacqueline, she's you know from Texas. She's in the mm-hmm. Hall of Fame, actually. I think Word. Uh, the WWE Hall of Fame. And uh, Jazz, she was part of a trio rivalry between uh, Victoria and Trish Stradish and sometimes Molly Holly too.
1: Okay. Dang um, hey, Molly her, Holly!
0: Yeah. Ah! You remember her? Yo
1: yes superhero in training (laughs) 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 Ah, throwback give me some of that
0: you know and that's the beautiful part about it is that it can be athletic but it can be storytelling but it can be just hilarious too Mm. you know like Mm. the rock calling the hurricane uh the (laughs) hamburglar
1: yo oh my goodness did
0: you ever see that
1: I've saw clips, but yes. not the whole. Yes. Yo, I used to be like, yo, whole, what is, it? dude?
0: There's whole montages of a just a, a feud, on screen feud between The Rock and The Hurricane, and you just, oh. I'll send you YouTube links. I like, appreciate that. It's so hilarious just to see what happens because he just made the Scorpion King, so it's superhero versus superhero in the promo. It's so hilarious. I love
1: like. it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Ah, oh. wrestling.
0: So, we have learned today that Tiella is an inner uplifter. She is a poet who is inspired by her uncle and many other poets that she resonates with personally. And you know, you all have heard this podcast. This <laughs> this episode, we've we've gone in various different angles here, and. That's the the deal here, is that there's no limitations. Everything is limitless to where we delve, I'm sorry, dive deep into. (laughs) And when we dive into what we truly are passionate about, these are the kinds of conversations that come out of that. When you talk about things that you don't care about, or they don't personally resonate with you, I think we allow ourselves to get caught up in the superficial instead of the substance. Mm. And once you get caught up in the substance, that's where the passion comes from and you have true content to share with the world as you wish. Sure. So, Tiela, mm. I want to say I appreciate you for being here. Same here.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Yes, absolutely. Uh, we'll have to do another episode at some point because uh, whoever's listening to this still, thank you again. We appreciate your time. Mm-hmm. You could be doing anything else right now, but you're listening to the escapism in the beauty of art itself. And definitely got to do some more of these. So on that note, just remember this, ladies and gentlemen, uh, there is no hierarchy in self-expression and art will be without ego for all time. Thank you everybody, peace and love.